0: minimum balance required. Are you working? What kind of work are you doing? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast.
1: Touchdown, baby!
0: Now, here are your hosts two time All American punter, Drew Butler.
1: Mark Rick would like Drew Butler to hit it a mile in the air. And he did.
0: And the SEC's career leader in touchdown passes and completions, Aaron Murray. Touchdown! In stride as he crosses the goal line.
1: Put it right on his hip. What a throw.
0: Now with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Get to the house! sideline Pylon! Touchdown! And the dogs are on the board first. Surprisingly, I believe waiting for your next
1: mistake. I put in work and watch my status escalate.
0: Welcome into the I Punt and Pass I'm podcast. I'm your host know. Drew Butler joined as always by my job, co-host like all, Aaron Murray. Aaron, week 10 is in the, fall, is in the books. Six it six is games. crazy how fast this college football season is flying by. Let's get everybody caught up on what exactly happened this past weekend and talk about where we were right Fortunately for me, I was right in a lot of places. And where we were wrong, unfortunately for you, Aaron, you were wrong. I'm getting used to that. Follow us on social media at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. Aaron is at Aaron Murray11, and I am at Drew Butler13. Since it is heading into week eleven, Aaron, I'll give you Ray Zate from the Ray Guy Award Top Eight Punters from week 10. But it's semi-finalist list time. So Later on this week, we are going to give you the Davy O'Brien Award semifinalist list and talk about who's on the watch list for the Ray Guy Award. That, of course, is the punter of the year. But man, what a weekend in college football, Aaron. They were dubbing it Statement Saturday, and Statement Saturday it was indeed. Let's start off where it matters most the big battle in Baton Rouge. Number one Alabama took on number three LSU. Inside Tiger Stadium, and this one wasn't even close. Alabama rolls twenty-nine to nothing. But hey, Tua Tonga did throw his first interception. What a weekend, and what a massive game between two top-three teams that really just kind of separates Alabama even more from the rest.
1: Well, it, it separates it obviously the twenty-nine nothing. But this was at. a mean, imagine if this game was at Alabama, or if this game was at a neutral site. How much more dominant of a performance that would have been? I mean, that game, clearly, I think LSU. That stadium is a seven to ten point, you know, difference. Yeah. That's that's what it, that's the kind of atmosphere it is. So, in my mind, Alabama was a forty point better football team than LSU. <laughs> that's, no, that's crazy. You do, that's you, crazy to me. Forty point better football team than LSU. I agree. If
0: with you, you
1: put them on a neutral site or you put them in Alabama, I'd give them even more points to score. It's 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 not fair, but you know everyone was complaining. I don't know if everyone, but a lot of people were complaining last week. Oh, you dub Alabama number one, but who have they played? Who have they played? Well, there you well, go. Well, now all those people <laughs> can just shut up yeah. and um, jump on the ship. Alabama's elite. Alabama's the best. There's no one touching them. And uh, it wasn't. It was. I thought it would be. It was close-ish in the in the first quarter, first half. And Alabama's defense, man, when, when, when they need to step up and we talked about it when the old Miss game happened, you know, Hey, can they stop a, an offense that has four or five good receivers, Jordan Talamu, a very good quarterback, can they lock it down and they shut everyone up that week? And then once again, they question, can, can they play all four quarters? going to have the energy to do it and they just shut everyone up especially on the defense side of the football.
0: Yeah, they just don't make mistakes. It's like a grinding down but boring in the sense that you cannot expect Alabama to shoot themselves in the foot and make the game interesting. They make first downs, they move the ball down the field, they get points when they need to unless it's in the kicking game. Horrible. Ugh incompetent kicking game. But they just, you know, Tua's resilient. He throws his first interception, then he gets the ball back and starts just chucking dimes downfield and gets another touchdown. It's crazy. And you brought up a good point, right? This game was at Tiger Stadium. Now, Las Vegas, the suits in Vegas always say home field is worth three points. You would imagine that Tiger Stadium is probably more worth five to seven points. If this game was in Tuscaloosa or just call it Atlanta for a neutral site, you think that... Point spread probably would have been around 20, 20 and a half, 21 points. That's why I think and I believe the future line for Georgia-Alabama, which is the SEC championship game matchup coming up in December, is going to be like 14 and a half. I think it's more like 19 and a half, Aaron. Alabama is just elite they're on a different level and it's funny because we're going to keep talking about what happened this past weekend one team that is trying their best maybe to get as close to alabama as possible so they don't have to face them in the first round of the playoffs is clemson i mean clemson is running up trying to score 80 points a damn game and they beat louisville 77 to 10 this past weekend i mean unbelievable stuff going on for the top two teams in college football and you can't really argue that they are not the top two teams right now
1: no i you have to say it even though Clemson's schedule is pretty cupcake and it has not been pretty tough all year they're, they're dominant i mean they're doing what alabama was doing before they played lsu just yeah. absolutely putting exclamation point on every single win every single week offensively defensively um, and that's what you have to do now. I think, now. That, I, think the, I think the front the 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 first four it's it's clear cut right now. Alabama, obviously, Clemson. Uh, you my my top two teams after that. I know you gotta love it, Drew. Notre Dame three. Yeah, you, can't and you argue gotta that. give it to you have to give it to them. And then Michigan has been. You want to talk about teams starting to really get rolling right now, middle to end of the season? They are just kicking ass. Um, so I think it's pretty clear cut. And then you look at Ohio State in that division, and, and it's just been. It hasn't looked great. It no. just has not looked great at all. The migraines for Urban just keep coming. It's just – it's a headache yeah. over there at Ohio State. So you got to like right now those four teams going forward unless somehow Notre Dame, which you pray, and gets upset. <laughs> I want to go back to – and we talk about the spread though for the SC championship game. And I know we got another month, a lot of football to go. Both yeah. teams – both teams have to play Auburn. Um, and got to stay healthy. Yeah. You know, George's old lines beat up. Tua, I think, messed up his knee once again. In the game last week. I mean, can he?
0: Okay, keep before that you knee go protected. On, is there anyone more dramatic with pseudo injuries than Tua Tonga I love the guy. I have been his top fan, maybe in all of media, right here on the Punt and Pass Podcast. But Aaron. Give me a break, dude. If he gets breathed on, he's down, grabbing his knee, acting like he's gonna have to get his leg amputated. I mean, he scampers for a fifty yard touchdown scramble and then falls to the ground. He never even got touched. Then he's back in the next play, too. Come on, man. Come on, man. That's come just on, ridiculous. Man. But keep well, going. I'm just saying no,
1: this is the part of the year where teams have to stay healthy. We saw yes. it last year with Alabama, and that's the reason why, you know, they lost that game to, uh, to Auburn. You know, they they weren't healthy, they Absolutely. weren't feeling great. I still believe that even though LSU beat Georgia and I'm going to pull a line from you, people are going to call me biased, but I think Georgia as at least on the offensive side of the football matches up better against Alabama than LSU matched up against Alabama. Yep. LSU, it's one dimensional. I mean, Alabama, you can scheme, especially having two weeks, get prepared for that football game. No they doubt. had the buy a week. They were going to scheme and have a great plan to stop LSU's offense stop the run make Joe Burrow win where you look at Georgia's offense I think it's more diverse I think they spread it around I think you get receivers not us coming along if Swift looks the way Swift looked last week man I mean I mean he looks like the best running back in the SEC and one of the best in the country I mean that that kid when he's healthy he's special like I said they get those front five guys healthy for Georgia I mean it's been a constant rotation for the majority of the season if those guys are wrong for SEC championship game I like Georgia's offense a lot better than LSU's offense so that that's that maybe can keep them in the game and then the defense is maturing getting better and better I don't know if they have enough depth at the DB position enough experience the matchup with Alabama. And I think that's where the difference is going to be, but offensive wise, it, it's not going to be a shutout like we saw versus LSU. That's for sure.
0: Yeah. There's no doubt about that. And, and you mentioned it, th- you know, there's a lot of football left to be played before that game in Atlanta. And if you didn't notice, or if you had your head, Buried in some dirt somewhere. Georgia beat Kentucky this past weekend to win the SEC East. Alabama's victory over LSU, clinched them the SEC West. So that will be the matchup in the SEC Championship, and we are going to break it down in depth right here on the Punt and Pass Podcast. And make sure you stay tuned because there will be tons of announcements coming up where you can see us live. That is obviously going to be in Atlanta, Georgia. We are both based in Atlanta, Georgia, so we are going to have a lot of fun with some live podcasts podcast tapings. Aaron, it was statement Saturday. Tell me who made the bigger statement. Michigan stomping on Penn State on their so-called revenge tour 42-7 to or Georgia. I mean, I sat here last week and told you this game won't be close. Kentucky doesn't match up well against Georgia. Kentucky's offense is bad. And yes, I was trolling to an extent. You know, when I got on Instagram and called Kentucky fans trash, which they are, I was trolling. But You can't say I didn't tell you so, Aaron. This was a great matchup for Georgia, and if they stop Benny Snell, who some SEC pundits were considering Herschel Walker-esque, which is just beyond me. I mean, that's grounds for termination, as far as I'm convinced. This was a no-brainer. Georgia was going to walk in there, take care of business. They get a three and out. Miko Hardman almost returns a punt, and the route was on. It was never even close, and... I think it really came down to one thing, Aaron. Terry Wilson actually had a pretty decent game, but I said, and just from a general feel of the football game – Kentucky had never experienced an atmosphere like that before. None of the players had ever been in that position before to have such a big game ride on so many things for their postseason goals and ambitions. I just thought it was too big of a moment for the Wildcats. Georgia, used to that, knew exactly what they had to do to execute. And you got to give credit to Jim Chaney, Aaron. Aaron, he learned, and so did Kirby Smart, what they did wrong in the LSU game. And their two games since then, they've really gotten back to what makes them good, and it proved to Run be Run the
1: football. Yeah, that's it's, a it's, it's running the football. And I just talked about before, DeAndre Swift. I mean, he is electric with the ball, catching it. I mean, they didn't Kentucky, when I was watching it, they looked scared to tackle him at moments, especially yeah. you saw in that two-minute drive. They're like, they're pretty much laying and trying to just corral him to the sideline because, I mean, he's a, he's a strong physical back, And the last thing they want to do is go up there full speed, try to make a tackle and then get embarrassed and put on ESPN because they just juke them out. So you look at the run game, obviously the big difference, 331 yards to 84. And then the, my big line is if we talk about Georgia being Georgia's offense, Jake Fromm throwing the ball 20 times. And listen, I love Jake Fromm. I think he's an incredible quarterback. I think if, if, if he has to throw the ball 30 plus times, he can do it. And I think the offense can still roll, but that's not the identity of this football no. team. It wasn't last year. It's not this year. And we talked about that LSU game. Your identity is running it 50 plus times a game. You are a you're a 60 40 run the pass. That's what you are. And if you if you are consistently run the ball 60 times and throw or 60% of the time, that means you're having a good game for Georgia. I want to see the past year and a half when they do that, they're winning ball games, they're dominating ball games, time of possession interior offensive line, and then the, the teams just wither away in the second half. So that's the formula. That is the formula, and, and I think they're going to stick to it going forward. And I said it should only get better and better as this offensive line gets healthier and healthier. But it was it was a pr- an impressive win. I got to give it to you. It was a very, very good win. I do think, though, and you asked me the question before you start going – I think the Michigan win was was more impressive. Yeah, bigger statement. What they did to Penn State and just completely embarrassed that football team 42-7, to seven, it, it was a statement game. It just shows you, especially what happened with Ohio State um, these past couple weeks with those guys, the way they're playing, it really shows you who the elite team is right now in the Big Ten. Big stamp, and then we talk about all the time with Hardball. Can Hardball win the big games as a coach? He's proven it this year, week after week, that I think he – and that team's taking that next step forward. Shea Patterson, that defense, that run game, it's going to be an awesome, awesome game when Michigan plays Ohio State in a few weeks. Yeah,
0: where's that game at? I'm looking it up right now. I think now. it's in
1: Ohio State, I Okay, believe.
0: yeah, so, yes. so here's my thing, and, and I just mentioned it with the Kentucky-Georgia game, like Kentucky not being in that position before, too big of a game for the moment, didn't really execute that well. I know Ohio State's missing Nick Bosa in the biggest way, and it looks like this game is actually in Michigan. Aaron, no, no, it's in Ohio Ohio State. State. You are correct. That was last year's game. It is November twenty fourth in Columbus. I just I have a hard time thinking that Ohio State won't have one of their better games of the year in the big game. Have you Have you watched?
1: Oh yeah, I mean they're not looking
0: good. I mean I watched them this past weekend against Nebraska.
1: Yeah, I mean they were they. And Nebraska tried to give that ball game away. I mean, that the the onside kick debacle where the guy almost tripped oh over himself, then the quarterback does a little RPO, throws it behind himself with a fumble. I mean, Nebraska was trying to do everything they could that first half to lose a football game. Yet you look up and it's a close game, and then Nebraska had the lead for one point. You're just like, what what is going on at Ohio State, offensively defensively right now? You could maybe say that in my mind that that it, they're going to have one of those better games maybe later on if if there's any kind of consistency but right they've been consistently bad honestly yeah. these past few weeks against lesser talent so i don't know how you can be encouraged at all if you're an Ohio State fan i guess you got to say hey we got 3 weeks to get this thing right before the michigan game and hopefully the team gets rolling but right now i don't even know if the guys in the locker room have a lot of confidence when you turn on the film
0: no you're totally right the one thing that i will be really hammering home before the big game is urban meyer owns jim harbaugh i mean there's really no other way around it and those things are real i understand that those guys aren't the ones playing in the game but from a preparation standpoint and a scheme standpoint urban meyer just has jim harbaugh's number and that will certainly be a big time matchup during the last week of the regular season, all right, some different action. Notre Dame did go to Evanston and beat Northwestern thirty-one to twenty-one. I was watching that game. I was obviously rooting for Northwestern, but Notre Dame looked good, and they're finding ways to win, and they're still. Hey, in the Drew, field. If, if
1: if Notre Dame makes to the final four. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna need you to get a jersey and post a picture with it. I, I, just, I think we're gonna need to make a jersey, but you know I what need I need to get something. I'd something. get like
0: a nice Peter Millar pullover or something. You can there buy you it for me and I'll wear it. I'll buy that's, it for you. Okay, that's a good okay. deal. But they look good yes. in Ian book. You know, granted yeah. it was seven to seven at halftime. They made some adjustments, woke up in the second half. It was back and forth, but in the fourth quarter, when it matters most, Notre Dame was able to pull away and get a victory at a different Type of game day atmosphere in Evanston you know that Syracuse game being played in Yankee Stadium Aaron that's going to be a big one and USC I don't know I'm not buying USC over Notre Dame regardless of where the game's
1: played and what the rivalry means but Notre Dame the Syracuse game's gonna be the big one I mean that's I don't think anyone's buying FSU right now especially it's gonna be at Notre Dame And the thing I I like about Notre Dame is they've played in big games and they've played in lesser games. And I think they know how to win regardless. And I think they understand, too, what's at state in the fact that they don't have a conference championship. I mean, you don't get to save yourself totally at the end of the year saying, hey, we lost one game. It's fine. Maybe we have one bad week. But, hey, we'll still win a conference championship to get us in the final four. They know every single game. Every single game going on for the rest of the season, FSU, Syracuse, UCF, those are their conference championship games Absolutely. because they must win every single one of them to be in that for, that final four. So they realize that. I think that's the that's the talk in the locker room. That's the talk in practice all week. We can't slip up. We don't have another chance make it right that first weekend in December where Georgia has a chance to make it right. Everyone in the Big Ten has a chance to make it right. Everyone in the Big 12 has yep. a chance to make it right and who knows in the Pac-12 everyone has that opportunity but uh we must take advantage each and every week versus FSU Syracuse UCF or U- USC and I think they will I think the, the big one honestly is going to be that Syracuse game um but they're a better football team than Syracuse Damn. so they are. They, if they play their game, they should win every single game going forward.
0: Absolutely. You got to think about, though, Dino Babers, man. He knows how to take down some big teams. His Syracuse teams usually play with a lot of confidence and discipline when it matters most. If that game was in the carrier dome, I'd feel a lot better about Q's. But with it being at Yankee Stadium, different type of atmosphere. We'll see how Notre Dame. Responds. All right, before we wrap up our Week 10 roundup, I'm going to give you raise eight. That, of course, is the top eight punters of the week from Week 10. And starting out from Western Kentucky, it's Alex Ranella. He had seven punts for a 48.5 gross average, 45.7-yard net average, four punts inside the 20, and a long of fifty. Eight. Auburn's punter, Aaron Sipos. Aaron, he spells his name A-R-R-Y-N. Aaron wow. Sipos. I think he's from Perth, Australia. He had eight punts for a 48.2-yard gross average, a 44.8-yard net average, one punt inside the 20, and a long of 54. Corey Fatoni from Missouri. He's been on this list a few times this year. Six punts for a 42.6 gross and net average average. Four punts inside the 20, that's a solid day, and a long of 59. From Texas Tech, Dominic Panazzolo, five punts, 49.4-yard gross average, 47.6-yard net average, that's a hell of a day. Two punts inside the 20 and a long of 54. Drew Chrisman from Ohio State four punts for a 47.7-yard gross average, 48.2-yard net average. That's hard to do, have a higher net average than your gross average. Two punts inside the 20, a long of 59. Lester Coleman from Virginia had a day, four punts for a 44.7-yard gross and net average, three of those four punts inside the 20, and a long of 53. Stone Wilson, From FIU, he had three punts for a forty-eight point three yard gross and net average, two of those three punts inside the twenty and a long of sixty-three. And Wade Lees from Maryland, eight punts for a forty-five yard gross average, a forty-four point three eight. Net average, three punts inside the 20, and he bombed one, a long of 67. So there are your Rays 8. What about
1: my boy who punted the ball like 95 yards? I know. I make got it? that sent to make me it?
0: a bunch. But no, he did not make Rays 8. He could, though, be on the watch list. We will talk about Ray Guy Award watch list that comes out later on this week. And there's no Davy O'Brien Award Great 8 this week because they are going to announce their semifinalists. For the 2018 Davy O'Brien Award for quarterback of the year, and Aaron, I would have to think that it's pretty. It's going to be the usual suspects who are on this list because the top quarterbacks, the elite guys, have just separated themselves so much this season. Obviously, Tua Bailoa, Dwayne Haskins, Kyler Murray, Will Greer. We got to talk about the West Virginia Texas game. Any Goodness other names that you think could end up on that list?
1: Yeah, I think you got to look at some smaller school guys, too. should be interesting. Mason Fine from North Texas. They're 7-2. He has right around 21 touchdowns, one interception. So, like him, Brett Rippon from Boise State. Uh, I mean, he's a bigger name. People know him. He's having another great year.
0: Um, West Coast uh, guys, that, too, like Gardner Minshew.
1: Gardner Minshew. I mean, he's up there right now. I think he has the most passing yards in the country. 27 touchdowns, seven picks. Hey, you want to talk about West Coast, West Coast, West Coast. Cole McDonald, Hawaii, man, 32 touchdowns, six picks. I mean, that's a ton. So, I mean, those are some of the smaller guys that, you know, not your household name, especially if you're on the East Coast. Maybe you're not staying up to watch them. Another decent one who I got to see about five weeks ago, Ryan Finley. Uh, I know he's had a couple rough games here there, but he's another guy that might make it. And then then Marcus McMarion, I watched him this past week, Fresno. I had their game. Heck of a quarterback, playing really, really well, throwing it, running it. Um, he has a couple more big games. He has Bo- Boise State this week and then San Diego State the following week. So if he goes out there and has two really good games, he may jump into that final eight. So we'll see. A lot of good quarterback play, though, but like we talked about teams separating themselves, some of these quarterbacks will start to separate themselves in these big rivalry games going forward.
0: Absolutely. A lot of fun football coming down the stretch, and I just, again, I cannot believe how fast this season is flying by. I mentioned Will Greer, though, Aaron. That was an instant classic. Tech, Texas losing to West Virginia, 42-41. to 41. Dana Holgerson, Will Greer, that Mountaineer offense, going for two at the end of the game to just end it. It was back and forth, back and forth. And Holgerson said, do you want to win the game? Let's go win the game with a bit more colorful language than that. And they did it. The crazy thing to me, though, is there were timeouts. Um, there were delay of games. Like It was so long. Before or after when they scored to when the two point conversion happened, I thought they were just going to go out there kick an extra point. That's over what time.
1: I was saying. I was, I was watching. It's like there's this too much of delay right now. Obviously, they, they the, the first timeout, then the second timeout, they actually snapped the ball just yeah. as Texas called the timeout. They actually scored on slant, and they still the went for said, it. What's that? They still, they went, still went for it. For, I thought at that point, like, oh my god, that's such a high to think you won the football game. And to think that, oh no, we timeout was called before the play even was snapped. We have to regroup. But I guess when you got Will Greer and then some big receivers stills on the outside, and uh, and that being a great call. And, and that what a heck of a football game that was. And then another big one, too, that I was watching that the second half or the fourth quarter that Auburn AM game. Oh, I mean, yeah. that was nuts. Just bad play by AM. I mean, missed field goal. The interception, when all you need to do, I mean, Alabama, or Auburn's offense once again was non existent for three and a half quarters, not playing great. AM should have just punned the football, ran it, punted it, make Auburn drive 90 plus yards. Instead, they get an interception, momentum gets changed. Auburn scores fast, and Auburn scores again. And then Auburn wins the football game. I mean, that is a game that Auburn needed so, so very bad. and uh, But still, I think a big loss for AM. Uh, obviously, a, a game that they felt they, they should have won. I think they should have won. Watching the first three three and a half quarters, you got to say A and M was the better football team. They just, they just didn't finish it.
0: Absolutely. Uh, crazy game. Big time ending for Auburn, like you said, to get that victory. Because obviously they go to Athens this week, and then they're going to play Alabama at the end of the season. So they needed that just to really get bowl eligible and fight for a decent game. One more game to touch on, Aaron. Florida, wow, what a hangover after losing to Georgia. They go back to the swamp and get blasted by Missouri 38 38- to 17 and Dan Mullen had some interesting words for his team afterwards in his press conference essentially saying these guys are not fighters they're not competitors we need to develop that type of mentality and they got their asses handed to him and really it just seemed like he thought his team didn't care so it was a bad look for Florida and uh, I think Kentucky has the same type of situation going to Knoxville this week I think Tennessee's going to beat
1: Kentucky yeah, but Tennessee didn't look good at all. I mean, would they be shot tru- 14-3? Yeah, but they've I mean, been that, so
0: inconsistent. I mean, that's just the yeah. story of their entire season.
1: Yeah, they they really have been hunting goal. I mean, I, listen, I have liked what Tennessee's done. I think they've, they're playing better than expected, but I thought they would have put a pretty good showing on this past weekend. A little disappointing there, but you, we talked about with Auburn needing the win. I mean, goodness gracious. I mean, Missouri needed that win. Their head coach needed that win. To kind of breathe a little bit, and then Drew Locke needed a big game on the road against a good defense just to help his stock a little bit in the NFL draft. So I thought that was a a really impressive win. Obviously, obviously, Florida did look like they they were a little hungover and disappointed from the loss versus Georgia, but for Drew Locke and that team, that offense, that defense. Uh, that that was much, much needed to get that SEC win.
0: No doubt. No doubt about it. Alright, week 11 is coming up. Auburn's heading to Georgia. Ohio State's playing Michigan State. Looking here, what else we got? Mississippi State at Alabama. That's a top 25 matchup. That's the 330 game SEC on CBS. Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, always a fun one to watch. I'm going to keep my eyes on that Kentucky-Tennessee game. And then LSU plays Arkansas. I mean, I know Arkansas trash, but that's a good rivalry. Florida. State, Notre Dame. I bet you Notre Dame beats them by 60. And then a great game to end the weekend. Number two, Clemson going to number 22, Boston College. That's the 8 p.m. game on ABC, Aaron, and that's where college game day will be. So not the most – well, especially coming off of Statement Saturday where we had wall-to-wall action on this past Saturday <laughs> – It'll take a little bit of a dive this weekend, but still a lot of good college football left to be played. Anything on the way out, my man?
1: No, a lot, a lot, a lot of good football left to be played, and, and we talk about every single week from here on out. Guys are beat up. You and I know it. I mean, you're we were in those locker rooms. You're tired. Yep. You're sore. It's been a long season, and, and this is the time where, where, where the champions, the leaders, really step up. I mean, those leaders of the football team are grabbing the players, not the coaches, the players, and saying, listen, you want this season to be special? This is where the money's made right now these next few weeks heading up into the conference championship game. So, like I said, it's a tough moment. I mean, I remember this part of the season, you wake up, you're sore, you don't feel good, uh, but you just got to suck it up and keep rolling because, that's, that's like I said, that's where the special moments happen.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Next week, most teams kind of have that FCS cupcake opponent. Coming to town to gear up for that last hoorah and the last weekend of the regular season. So it's time to get healthy or it's time to bear down and just focus and understand this is where your season is made. Weeks 11, 12, and 13. All right. Follow us on social media, at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. Aaron is at Aaron Murray 11 I am at Drew Butler 13 We're going to get another guest for you this week. We'll have a great show. Thursday to get you ready for week 11. Thanks so much for listening to Punt and Pass, and we will talk to you on Thursday. See you.